I'm Albie Oxenrider, and welcome to The Final Word, the show that invites you into the conversation. This is the place to get your opinion on TV every Sunday night. And one of the reasons we're often imitated and never duplicated is because of our panelists. Oh, yes. It's it's Murderer's Row without Ruth and Garrick. And by the way, it's all DK Sports tonight, uh, DK, DKPittsburghSports.com. Dan Kovacevic is here. Hi, Dan. Hi, Albie. Um, looks around. No Madden. We can talk baseball tonight. How about that? <laughs> and Dale Lawley's also with us. Hi, Dale. I left the uh, the, the, the uh, Hawaiian shirt at home. <laughs> Gotta class it up a little bit more. And there's Chris Carter. Last but never least, and we always it matters what you think. <laughs> you know, you've been schooling me on that lately. It, indeed, it does, Albie. Indeed, it does. Uh, great to have everybody here. And some of the topics we're talking about tonight. We're looking for five words. Steelers, wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster's legacy in Pittsburgh. What positions should the Steelers target at free agency in? Uh, what should they leave to the draft? Give us a letter grade for the Penguins about halfway through the season. And is Jeff Capel the right guy for Pitt Hoops moving forward? But first, the night's big topic. Who of their own free agents do the Steelers need to sign back on the uh, roster? Dane, you're first. Need is the strong term in what you're asking here, Albie. And I would say if you're talking about from a need standpoint, I'm taking Mike Hilton and or Cam Sutton plus Tyson Alulu. That's my need list, and that's the end of it. And you know what? It's a good thing it's not longer than that because the cap space that's available to Kevin Colbert and Omar Khan right now is pretty limited. I'm taking care of the defense. The offense, you can replace guys with younger bodies, the draft, whatever it is, uh, I want to make sure that that defense can be as close to elite as possible going into 2021. Dale, who do they need to resign? Well, I'm resigning either Matt Filer or Zach Banner because somebody's got to play tackle for me. <laughs> okay, uh, that's fair. I, I also want to resign. I'm, I'm resigning Cam Sutton, Tyson Alulu, and and that's really about it. If they get any of the other guys under contract, that's fine. The the, the con, uh, their salary cap situation isn't as dire as a lot of people seem to think. They can finagle however much cap space they want with a couple of restructures or re-signing or signing extensions with guys. They'll find the money if there's somebody out there that they want to get. All right, Chris, what, uh, what do you think? And the key word is need. <laughs> it doesn't matter what I think, Albie, but it does matter what the Steelers need, and that's absolutely Cam Sutton at cornerback. And uh, listen, I'm a big Mike Hilton guy. I was there at his first training camp when he kept saying, I'm too small, I'm too small, to try and prove every time he made a play that Mike Tomlin was like, all right, Mike, I hear you. I'm going to get you some playing time. But Cam Sutton plays slot and outside corner at a good at a good rate. Mike Hilton gives you that pure slot corner look and he's uh, with his undersized value. You get him, you get Tyson Alulu, and I'd go with Zach Banner. That man earned a starting tackle. I mean, he may have well been the Steelers' best offensive tackle last year, and then he got hurt in the first game. Give him another shot, see what happens there, and address the rest of the offensive line to the draft. And I do agree Tyson Alulu is right on that list. He played very well whenever he was filling in on the interior defensive line. Well, who, who's taking Hilton's spot, guys? What am I missing? Cam Sutton. Cam Sutton. Yeah. Cam Sutton's your slot corner. In that spot. He's a Even better though you're grooming a, Cam Sutton to go outside He's a Joe better Hayden guy. They've been, they've played inside his entire career. Yeah. He can and, do and that you job. you guys are convinced he guy. can get in on the quarterback the way Mike Hilton does. You can do it different ways. Yeah, you don't have yeah. to have your corner blitzing all the time. The, the, other, the, other, the other thing is that Mike 
yeah, Mike Hilton's specific role is attacking the run and attacking the quarterback that way. Sutton, all, honestly, when he lines up in the slot, he does a better job, especially against those bigger body type, those thicker running backs, those thicker tight, the tight ends, the thicker receivers that come over the middle. That's where you want Cam Sutton to be, and he actually adds a different element to the game that Mike Hilton does. Believe it or not, he's actually a better cover guy, which yes. is actually the number one job of a cornerback. As good as Mike Hilton is, he's not, he's not great in coverage. He just isn't. No, he's not. All right, hold the thought. And a reminder, keep those comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word, on Facebook at The Final Word. Now it's time for five words. Give us five words on Juju Smith-Schuster's legacy in Pittsburgh. Before we go to the panel, from Twitter, average except in his mind. From Facebook, we expected so much more. And again, from Twitter, dancing over football all day. Dan, Dale, and Chris, five words. Juju's legacy in Pittsburgh, Dan. He's their third best receiver. And the fact that he wants to throw around words like legacy, I mean, my goodness. I mean, this is, this is uh, to his inestimable credit that he's been able to build up his brand the way he has. And actually, he openly talks about building up his brand, that people are freaking out on social media. Oh, he's going to be gone and broken hearts and everything else. He's the third best wide receiver on the football team. Simple as that. If James Washington was leaving tomorrow, there'd be almost no reaction to it. James Washington, in my estimation, he might be the third best receiver on the team. All right, Dale, the legacy of Juju played you all for marks. That's what he's done. As Dayon said, it's always been about building his brand. Yes, he's a football player, but he's more he's always been more interested in building that brand off the field. He can do it somewhere else as far as I'm concerned. All right, Chris, five words. Another good Colbert receiver pick. The bottom line is that Juju's legacy is that there's a lot of really talented receivers that Kevin Colbert has selected over the years and that they said they said bye to have more talent than what Juju has right now in his career. And Juju, 24 years old, he'll I mean if he goes to a team with a good quarterback, I'm sure he'll make some plays for them. But this is just what the Steelers do. They draft really well at wide receiver. They didn't need to pay Plaxico Burris when he left. They didn't, they didn't need to pay Emmanuel Sanders, Mike Wallace. They consistently do this during the Kevin Colbert era, and he's just another guy in a long line of receivers they didn't need to resign to me that's his legacy good job while you're here not great job and enjoy your time going somewhere else and getting a payday all right thank you one and all still to come what position should the Steelers target in free agency and what should they leave to the draft from Twitter wide receiver in free agency running back and tight end in the draft we're going to hear what Day and Dale and Chris have to say about that when the final work continues Back. I'm Albie Oxenrider tonight with Dan Kovacevic, Dale Lolly, and Chris Carter. It's the DK Pittsburgh Sports Takeover on the final word. What positions should the Steelers target in free agency, and what should they leave to the draft? Lots to choose from. Where do you go, Chris? To me, I think getting a like we saw something interesting this week when John Brown openly said uh, the guy was cut from the Buffalo Bills. He's a speedster wide receiver in his early 30s. He openly said, "I'd like to go to the Colts or this open this or the Steelers." Not that John Brown is the target, but adding a veteran presence to the locker room and to the to the receiver room would be interesting because this is still a team even with even if they even if a miracle happened and they some sign somehow resign Juju, you know, even if that that turned out to be true, they would still need a veteran presence in that locker room. 
room that's a guy that's, okay, come in, set the tone. You had Darius Hayward Bay for a few years, but if you get a guy like a John Brown, you could get a person who has talent, has produced some 1,000-yard seasons, and then can help, you know, you know, you know, direct these guys into the direction that you want and maybe help some of these younger guys like Chase Claypool, like Deontay Johnson, develop some better talents and just practices in their career. All right, back to Twitter. Draft either running back, offensive tackle, or center with first and second round picks. Use free agency to help out with defensive line linebackers and D-backs. Yes. Uh, Dan, what do you think? Well, I'll say first of all what I don't want to get out of external free agency, and that's a running back. Uh, to me, running back, well, to me, to everybody, running back is a young man's job. Uh, you want someone coming in who doesn't have all the bruises and everything else. Uh, get him right out of college. First round, if not absolutely within the first two rounds, that is an absolute must for the Steelers. From there, if you're looking to shore up different spots of the offensive line, uh, yeah, you're going to have young guys at each position, but you still need depth there. Uh, I'm still, you know, if B.J. Finney's going to be the center and Hassenauer's is backup, I, mean, I don't know because we haven't heard from the Steelers on that subject just yet, but you might also be looking for a center depending on how you're planning to use Finney. Otherwise, external free agency, just forget it. Forget it. I really don't see anything uh, that's going to be available to the, the Steelers with their cap restrictions. All right. Dale, where do you go? I'm signing a veteran center, despite the addition of B.J. Finney. You want to have a guy who's mm -hmm. been there and done that on that offensive line and done it a lot if you're going to have a very young offensive line. And I'm signing a tight end because mm. a tight end, any tight end that you draft is not going to be ready to step right in and, and be the blocker or the, the pass catcher that you need. Uh, it takes those guys some time, so I'm, I'm going that route. And I would think about, uh, as Chris said, a veteran wide receiver because that's an awfully young room, and even a veteran running back as a backup uh, because I don't want that, that rookie to have to come in, that guy that I'm going to draft, to have to come in and be the starter from day one, be the leader of that room. That's a very young room as well. And you know what? If he pushes a guy like Jalen Samuels off the roster, so be it. So yeah, be it. right, yeah. Take that all day. All right, the Penguins, right now in third place, they're getting set for home games on back-to-back -back nights against the Bruins. Nearly at the halfway point of the season, uh, give the team a letter grade and a short explanation why, Dale. I'm going to have to give them a B. I know they started slowly, and the schedule was difficult early in the season. Uh, but they were, they were finding ways to win games, but they weren't winning convincingly. If you look at their, their, their goal differential, uh, they're still way down in the league in terms of that, and that does show you know, how, how dominant the team has been. So I think they've played well, uh, but they could play, certainly play better, better than what they have. All right, uh, let's go back to Twitter. C+, plus, but the big Ouch. question is what they can do in May. <laughs> now, we didn't necessarily care about May, but, so we'll take that as a C+. Plus. Uh, Chris, you're next. What do you C+, plus? You'll shoot your eye out. Get out of here. They're better than a C plus. I give them a B plus. Uh, I think that the thing is that a lot of people were going into this season, I heard was, man, I don't know. Are the Penguins going to be able to even be in contention for the playoffs with this really tough division? And here they are. Like, oh, yeah, we knew that they were going to be in the playoffs. They're, they're playing really well right now. And Dale's right. There were a lot of those games early on where it was like, man, that was a miracle. And it felt like they strung a few of those together. But now – you're seeing Tristan Jari play better. You're seeing them start to build some consistency. They're skating faster. Those are the things that I think will, will help this team in the long run. And I think that that shows that they're much better than a lot of people were giving them credit for early in the season. So I say B+. Plus. All right, Dan. Funny thing is about early in the season is that even when they were not playing well and people like me and the rest of us were criticizing them, they were winning. And now that they're playing well, they're still winning. 
So I give them an A- minus out of this because the East Division has turned out to be one of the stronger divisions in hockey. What the East Division hasn't had, and I did predict this before the season as well, is great goaltending. Other than Tuka Rask in Boston, who, by the way, won't be available to the Bruins the next two nights, you've had almost nobody until Tristan Jari has stepped up in the past month. That's been the big separator in this division. That's been the big separator, by the way, between the Penguins' first quarter and their second quarter. I like where they're coming along. They're not there yet. But results-wise, yeah, I'm, I'm A-minus on that. All right. Today was Selection Sunday. March Madness is officially underway. It will be shortly. All right. After losing 10 of their last 12 and with multiple transfers, good time to talk about the direction of the Pitt basketball program. Back to Dan, is, is Jeff Capel the right guy for Pitt moving forward? And what's his ceiling, in your opinion? Yeah, I think he is. I think part of what's happened here lately, Albie, is that there's a perception that because a player leaves the program and everything's in turmoil, the fact that he doesn't have recruits signed for next year, the NCAA is a different world right now for basketball. You're going to see teams, entire programs, just feeding off of this new transfer portal. It's not going to be the old glamour days where you get somebody out of high school and they stay for all four years like they did under Jamie Dixon and we all got used to everybody being Brad Wanamaker. This isn't that world anymore. He'll be lucky, Capel will, if Justin Champagny hangs around for another year. If that happens, I think you're going to see more people show a little bit more respect for the results that he gets because I think he is going to be successful in the transfer portal. All right, back to Twitter. Is anybody the right guy <laughs> as long as they are in the ACC? So there's a question of whether or not they'll ever get back to normal in that league for them. Dale? Yeah, I think he's the right guy. I mean, people have to realize how bad that program was when he mm -hmm. took it over. I covered some games that final year in that <laughs> former era, and there were 12 people in the stands watching these games. I, I covered a game against Same I now. Wake Forest. <laughs> and it looked like the pandemic had already hit. Right. So they were, I mean, they were rock bottom. They had no talent. They had no big men. They still don't have real talent. You know, you see them just continually outclassed on the glass in ACC play. And finally, Chris. One thing you have to remember is that we talk about the, the situation inherited. You have to go back to 1993, Ralph Willard, to be the last coach, pit coach, that didn't inherit a guy who eventually made it to the NBA. That's how long ago it's, it's been for a coach to come into this program and to, not, and to not get a guy of that caliber. The shelf was barren when he got here. And the problem, and I've said this before on the H2P podcast on DK Sports Radio, that the problem is is that the Xavier Johnsons, the Trey McGowans, the Audis Tonys, they had nobody to look up to. When they came here, they were the stars. And when they their, their heads got big and that became the problem, and now that Justin Champagne's outshined them, that's lead to, led to some issues. Let let Capel have some time with some vets, develop his program, and let's see over the next few years how he handles with a Femi Otakale. All right. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Dale. Thank you, Dave. And when we come back around the horn on any topic, it's the final word, and it's next. It's time for the final word. Everybody gets a chance, and Dale, you're first. Oh, good. You know, today they picked the NCAA tournament uh, teams, and this is my favorite time of year. This is the best tournament going in sports. You're here. Largely because you get David versus Goliath, and it's one shot. This isn't the Stanley Cup playoffs. I know that a lot of people think that's the best tournament. You can lose 12 times and win the Stanley Cup, or however many times <laughs> it is. That's not a great tournament. This is one shot to win it all on each given night. That's fantastic. It, it, it's so much drama. It's, it's just the best. All right. It's time for Chris's final word. 
We talked about players that the Steelers needed to add, and I specifically didn't talk about running back because I wanted to address it here. Pittsburgh, you saw Aaron Jones get signed for a super deal with the Packers. That's what you didn't want. Dayon was right early when he said you don't want to get that veteran running back. Face it, there's a lot of people that say you don't draft a running back in the early rounds anymore. This is not what you do. That's what the Steelers need to do. You get a Travis Etienne, a Najee Harris, or Javante Williams, and you will be happy. Trust me, that will revitalize the run game. They do need to invest in the offensive line, but you need a playmaker in the backfield that creates, helps protect your quarterback and pass protection situations and catches the ball out the backfield and the last time the Steelers won playoff games was when they had a guy doing that consistently just saying that's the direction they need to go day and final word don't get your hopes up about the Pirates I'll start there don't get your hopes up ever or down for that matter about spring training results however the kids they're using and they are kids in Bradenton are playing pretty good baseball right now never mind the winning record Never mind some of the scores that you've seen. They're hitting the ball at least decently, they're pitching really well, and they're catching everything. Show me a baseball team that can do those three things on a consistent basis, and I'm going to show you a team that not only isn't going to get embarrassed the way some people are predicting, but they might actually surprise. All right, thanks, guys. Our final word now from social media. Joel says, see you, Drew. You had a great run, future Hall of Famer great career oh yes thanks Joel for that he's referring to Drew Brees who's retiring from the NFL after 20 seasons and the announcement came on a video from his four children after 15 years in the Saints and 20 years in the NFL our dad is finally gonna retire so, so we, we can, can spend more time with us Yay! four happy people an amazing career good luck Drew Brees great career and rest in peace Marvin Hagler a great champion. I'm Alvy Oxenrider for Day In. Dale and Chris, thanks for staying up late with us. See you next time.